Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. If you don't have an opinion, he'll give you one. He's blunt. It's the John Chuckery Show on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. That kind of Chuckery Show. Halfway home on a Tuesday evening. All-Star game up here in front of us. So... Uh, AL leading one uh, nothing. I didn't see who hit the home run, but uh, that's how they got their run. Is <clears throat> they're up one nothing now? Is the American League so Freddie on uh, first base for the National League? He just walked, uh, so we'll uh, keep you up to date about what goes on with uh, all of this. So earlier today, Alex Anthopoulos, the Braves general manager, joined uh, the Chuck House. What what is it called? What's what's it called? The Steakhouse. Chuck House. Okay. What's the morning show called? The morning shift. The morning shaft. <laughs> yeah, something oh, like that. Okay. All right. Uh, anyway, um, and the first question that uh, Shappy asked was, "Not should I do this in my Steak Shapiro voice? Yes, go okay. for it, okay. please. All right. So the first question that Steak asked was, uh, 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 um, what, uh, <laughs> uh, chat, listen, what did you think about the home run derby last night, Chief? So I actually didn't get a chance to watch. We're actually uh, not in the middle of the draft. I mean, the, we just finished um, the top 10 rounds last night. We have rounds 11 to 20 today. Starts yep. at 2 o'clock Eastern time. So I didn't watch. I mean, candidly, um, I don't know that I would have. Yeah. Um, but you know, look, I saw any... the highlights. I saw the highlights. It was long. Um, it was long. It was long. It's very yeah, long. Yeah, it always is. And, you know, a few thoughts for me on that in a lot of ways. One, Vlad Guerrero Jr., um, I was in Toronto when we signed him. I personally spent a lot of time. On signing him, I went to Dominican three, four times. I, I sat uh, in his house, in his house, in, the, in his mom's house in the in the DR. Um, he was born in Montreal, where I was born as well, and she speaks French, and I could speak some French. And um, you know, at that point, he was 14, 15, 16. He was young, and um, I really got got to know him and the family and all that, and it was a big deal for us to sign him. So, it's nice to see him win it, and knowing the father as well from my days in, in Montreal. So that was fun, but. Um, look, my own opinion is, especially having watched our team this, these last two or three months, I like watching long homers. You know, I you know I just I saw I saw highlights of guys like Randy Rosarena just swinging and swinging and swinging, and I'm just speaking for myself. I'm not saying anyone should agree with this. I'd rather see guys have a little more time. I'm not saying they should have five rounds or 100 swings, but I'd rather see how far they go. Um, and if that means you only get 10 swings around or something, um, I like seeing that rather than how many just scrape over the wall. Could not agree with you more, and it's a sentiment you're hearing a lot today. Mm-hmm. The majestic home run 
the one that looks like, wow, only a few mortals on Earth can do that, is certainly, I think, more uh, compelling than a guy that takes 30 swings and, you know, 28 or 30 go over the fence. But um, that's a lot of what you're hearing today. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of just – I see it when, I'm, when we get to watch you. Obviously, we have a lot of guys hitting home runs on our team right now. And don't get me wrong, I like all home runs. They help our team. We put runs on the board and so on. But I'm, I marvel at the ones that go yeah. really far where I just go, wow. You know, and that's – it's exciting. Um, it's just fun as, as a fan of the game. So, um, you know, I, I don't have the answers how to get it right. But, yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of things you could do with skills competitions and so, and so on. But as a, as a GM – you worry about guys getting hurt and so on. So I was going to say, what the solution is. I, I was very, um, I was, but, I was very yeah. happy to see no Braves in it. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. Seeing that many swings, I was very happy to see no Braves in it. No doubt. And you know, I, I understand guys want to do it and all that. And if you win, it's you get a lot of money as well. But I'm with you. I, I mean, Ronald a few times now. I never get excited when he does do it. I like seeing our guys rep- represent Atlanta and see the Braves jerseys out there on a big stage and so on. That's exciting. Um, but yeah, you worry. You worry about how it's going to impact them and. These guys are tired. It's a long, especially all of our players play every day. So being able to recover is a big deal. Alex Anthopoulos with us, general manager of the Braves, joining us on the Steakhouse. Speaking of wow, that's the way to describe the first half of the season. And I know you're um, notorious for your humility at times, or most most often. But I will say with three guys of the eight out there, we lost Freddie Freeman. You traded for Sean Murphy. Uh, well, you traded for uh, Matt Olson. Um, you decided to make a move and trade for Sean Murphy. You came on our show and explained why you were going to commit to Orlando Arcia. To see all three of them on this stage, how proud does that make you and, and how exciting is that? Yeah, look, there's no doubt. I think, um, you know, they, they put some of the clips online, the photos of when Snit announced the eight All-Stars and I was in the clubhouse. And I can tell you, I get the chills when I talk about it now. It's just, it was such a cool moment. And, you know, even I saw some some stuff online last night of you know the eight guys, the eight all stars together, um, in the Braves uniform in Seattle, taking a picture together, and you know you're just like, wow, that's a lot of guys. And seeing all of them together, and I'm looking at everybody there, and I'm like, well, those are all great people. And look, it's it's about winning, and at the end of the day, it's about having talent and so on. But it's just so rare, at least in my role, or at least the way I, I view the world where you genuinely really like every single guy. And I'm as proud of the group and the people, and they're such good people, you know, and uh, to see them get in there and see how happy they are for each other and so on, um, it's really rewarding. And I know it's, at the end of the day, no one cares about Pollyanna stuff and so on. It's about wins and losses, and that's what you get, you get judged on. But I, I really do believe in, you know, guys getting along, having a good unit. You feel it, the vibe, the atmosphere. So, I'm really proud of the work that Orlando put in, the work that all these guys put in, the fact that they were acknowledged by fans, they're acknowledged by, by coaches and other players, by peers. That's really rewarding because you don't necessarily vote for people you don't like or people that aren't good players. So the fact that they were able to start and get on the team that many with so many good players in the league is really rewarding. Well, the work that you and your staff did to identify we are going to lose some guys, who do we replace them with, and you replaced them with three all-stars. And I think as a Braves fan – that's spectacular. I appreciate I, I've told those guys, I'm like, hey, you made us look good as an organization. I mean, no they did doubt. the work. They went out and did. And I'd be lying if I told you I thought Sean Murphy would have a close to 1,000 OPS. And uh, we thought he'd be really good. Obviously, we gave him a big extension and gave up a lot of good young talent and so on. Um, but And even Orlando Arcia, the same way. I'd be lying if I 
told you I thought there's any scenario where he's going to be starting the All-Star game. That's obviously a high, high bar. So, um, But it's a credit to those guys and also to Snid and, and obviously the, the coaches and the staff and everybody else. And, look, and I also I realize it's also a half a season, right? So we have, we have to do this all over again. And is it realistic to expect us to have maintained this pace? Sure, it's probably not. Uh, but I do want to try to enjoy the, the moment, even though I know that once Friday starts, we're, it's trade deadline and all that kind of stuff. When you try to explain to folks what Ronald Acuna's talent is in the year that he's having, um, you run out of adjectives in a way. But as a guy that has watched now and seen him come back from the injury, talk a little about his first half and, and really coming back at the level that we all dreamed that he would. Yeah, I mean, really where, where I noticed the difference is, you know, he didn't really do much in spring training before he went to WBC. He didn't hit much. Um, but the way he was moving in the outfield was night and day. And last year, you know, he just was not moving well. You guys watched a lot of the games. He just defensively was not the same guy. We talked to him about it. He said he was apprehensive. He was scared to jump, his knee. Um, we were playing him really deep because he was really concerned about going back on, on the ball. We said, we said, look, are you comfortable sprinting in? Because his sprint speed on the base pass was really good, and he just was apprehensive in the outfield. Look, he didn't have his legs and so on, and there were times where the training staff would come in and say, look, he still can play, but we've got to DH him. You know, his knee's swelling up and so on. But the doctor said he can keep going. So when he was in spring training and he was moving like he was in the outfield, I was like, wow, that, that's the guy that we saw. And I think we forgot, even though was, you know, we have such high expectations, he was an animal in 2021 going into the All-Star break. I don't – he had 24 home runs, and he was leading the world. And even that April of 21, he carried the entire team. So to see him day in and day out is amazing. Um, people ask me all the time what kind of guy is he, and you see this guy on the field, he's demonstrative and um, high energy and intense and so on. I, I cannot emphasize it enough in the clubhouse. It's night and day. He's quiet. He's reserved. He's shy. I actually was talking to Adrianza about that. They played together on a Venezuelan team during the winter. And I asked him, I said, it's amazing what the difference is on field and in the clubhouse. And I figured out, you know what, maybe I'm like, what is he like in a Venezuelan clubhouse? You know, everyone's there. He knows everybody, language and so on. He said exactly the same, quiet, reserved, shy. And, um, you know, he is as low maintenance as they come. He never asks for anything. He never, I mean, for a guy who's a superstar, and, you know, one of the greatest players in the game right now, you almost don't even know he's there. He's very polite, quiet, and shy. And on the field, he's a completely changed guy, which is an elite player. Is he the best baseball player you've ever seen? Great question. Um, he's, I, I say, you know what? He's right. I mean, probably. I mean, if, if you're asking right now, top of my head, I'm live. I mean, Vlad Guerrero Sr. was incredible, but I didn't, I didn't know the game like I do today, right? I was starting my career and just a lot I didn't know. But at the time, I felt like every time he would come up, he was going to do something incredible and he had a great arm and so on. But, you know, when we signed him, for me, people ask me, oh, what went into it? It wasn't that complicated. I'd just come from L.A., and I'd seen Corey Seager come up to the, to the majors for the first time. I'd seen Cody Bellinger come up to the majors for the first time, and those guys were elite. And I felt at the time Ronald was even better than those guys. And the thought was, I haven't seen this before. We better sign this guy. And same thing with Strider. I've never seen this before. You know, I've seen a lot of good young arms. I've never seen this before. We better sign this guy. And even a guy like Harris, in his own way, with things he was doing in center field, I hadn't seen that either. So, um, yeah, he's up there. Him and Vlad Guerrero Sr., top two guys that I've been able to see. I'm 46, so haven't been around that long, but those are probably the top two guys I've been able to see. General Manager of the Braves joining us, Alex Anthopoulos. We've got about four or five minutes. want to get to as much as we can. Uh, Max uh, Freed, uh, talk about where he's at and encouraged, and then a little on Michael Soroka and Kyle Wright as well, those three guys. 
Yeah, so Freed is basically he's on a progression. Now he's going to try to get built up to five innings. Um, that five innings could be at the big league level. Um, but basically we're just going to go start to start. And we're going to rely on him. If he says, I'm feeling good, I'm ready to go. But we want to make sure that he's ready to start a game where we don't have to put pressure on our bullpen and so on. So I think once you get into that five-inning area, 75 to 80, you know, that you could throw in, the, in a game, that's when he becomes a, an option for us. So he's getting really, really close here. You know, now he's on a, he finally made a start for two innings, and he should be a few weeks away. And Soroka, obviously back, throwing better, um, moving, in the right, moving in the right direction. He's going to continue to get an opportunity and hopefully continues to improve. Kyle Wright's throwing, uh, but, you know, he hasn't been throwing bullpens or anything like that. So he's still a ways away. But the fact that he is throwing pain-free, he's feeling good, you know, hopefully that continues to move in the right direction. And uh, we're talking about um, getting him on, on a mound and in games hopefully soon. Did you know Bryce Helder had this ability to have the first half that he had? And like with a two-and-a-half ERA, I don't even actually, with that last outing, I don't know what his ERA was up to, but I would be lying. Look, yeah. this is how smart we are. We optioned him in spring training. So um, it just goes to show you, but, you know, that it's, it's a tough game, and that guy deserves a ton, a ton of credit. So, um, you know, we, we, you know we, we like Bryce, obviously. We called him up for really big games last year. You know, the big thing that we do in spring training is we know how long the year is. And if you have options, meaning you have the ability to be sent down to the minor leagues without being exposed to waivers, you know, we're trying to keep as many guys as we can because we know there's going to be injuries and so on. And Snit says it all the time. Just because we start this way, we know we're not going to end this way, and we know it isn't going to change. So he got off to a slow start in spring. Um, we sent him down. He came back, and he did not turn back, and it's been incredible. And just the innings that he's logged for yeah. us have been off, off the charts. Alex, you keep talking about team chemistry, um, you know, the, the connection, connective tissue, which I think is a little cliched when you're a winning team. I've been around, you know, hundreds of teams, it's, but, but this team really seems to have it. I know Sandra and I, uh, the, the dining out story, right? Yeah, Alex, this is one of the most unique things I've ever seen, especially in baseball. The article came out last week where not only does this team go out to dinners together, but a lot of the front office is picking up, the front office for the Braves is picking up checking them, make reservations. Can you kind of just tell us where that came from? Yeah, I think, you know, we, we talk about all the time. We want to make this the best place in the game to play. All the time, all the time. We want it to be the best place to play. And we got AC on the bench now. In the, you know, and I remember when I went to, ma to management to try to get that approved, I said, look, we have everything. The fan base is insane. It's incredible. It's gonna, it's gonna be, the city is fantastic. The media is great to our players. You know, we're not going to be able to have a roof. That's you know, when you know you're going to play. But so that last piece, our clubhouses are great. Our staff are great. That last piece that it does get hot. And if we can get AC, it's just another piece that makes it a desirable place to play. And I think the same thing with guys want to do events together. They want to go golfing together. They want to go to a Hawks game together. We'll try to facilitate things. One, it makes a lot of sense. We'll get them a bus and so on. We want to make sure that they're safe, obviously. But the, more, the easier we make it on them to be together and spend time, we're not, that's their decision to spend that time together. We view that as a good thing, a positive. You know, that doesn't guarantee you win a World Series. Of course not. But you know, maybe that means you get one more win or the team's better or someone improves and so on. I, just, I, it, I did not win a lot as a young GM. And then finally when I started to committing to stuff like this, our team started winning divisions. I haven't – I don't want to, you know, jinx it, but since I started committing to this, I've been part of teams that have won the division every year run. And, um, you know, I want to – it doesn't mean it's going to stay that way, but I just think it's – I think it's important. And, um, you know, these guys enjoy being around each other. But, look, just to bring the right guys in and guys that get, that get along. 
And that's one of the biggest challenges I'm going to have right now at the trade deadline is I'm really sensitive to the fact of there's a lot of really talented players out there, but will they fit? Will they mesh? How do the pieces yeah. go together? I think it's a really big deal. Yeah, those of you who aren't familiar with the story, 25 guys with a, a bus paid for by the team. A ta- that's not any small tab of restaurants all over the country yeah. to keep them together. Listen, we were a little jealous. Sandra and I say, wow. That's a hell of a gig right there, but uh, but I <laughs> that's mean, fine. It, they won sixty, but the <laughs> restaurants they're the getting restaurants into. Get. So, <laughs> it, the whole thing just speaks to what's been a spectacular uh, first half. So, congratulations! You don't win a championship, obviously, in July and August, but it has been a lot of fun. And I hope you and your family are enjoying the summer as much as we are. Yeah, we are for sure. This has been a, a nice run. Hopefully, we can uh, can we can obviously keep things going and. Maybe add a player or two at the trade deadline and uh, hopefully get back to the playoffs. And and then uh, we hope have a fun October. So uh, long window, but definitely excited with how the first half went. Well, thanks for being so gracious. I know the draft's still going on as well, so thanks for coming on with us always. All right, guys. Really glad to do it. Appreciate right. it. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay. Plus taxes and fees. Phone fees 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Back with you, Chuck Show. 9.23, live from the Kia Studios. You know what time it is. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. 404-726-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Reminder, in an hour and 20 minutes, we got Rankum coming up. So Tuesday night, Rankum, as we always do. Tuesdays and Fridays night, so even though we've got Dom here, he's done this before, so he's uh, he's played the game with us, so we will have a little bit of fun coming up here. Well, we're going to have lots of fun, I mean, between now and the end of the show, because I'm just tired, worn out. Anyway, <laughs> um, all right, a couple things here. So last week, I guess three days last week, set the record 
for the highest global temperatures in recorded history. Now, this only this data only goes back to 1979. So we don't exactly have a, a long history of this. But there were three days last week that set the record for the hottest days on Earth. Not, not in like the United States or uh-huh. Atlanta. On Earth. Whole planet. The planetary average hit 63 degrees Fahrenheit on Thursday, surpassing the 62.9 degree mark set Tuesday, which was July 4th, and equaled Wednesday, July 5th, according to data from the University of Maine's Climate Reanalyzer, a tool that uses satellite data and computer simulations to measure the world's conditions. Now, they say that the highest temperatures previously recorded had been in July of 2022, so just a year ago, and in August 2016, when the global temperatures reached 62.46 degrees. They say the rise in global temperatures is likely due to recent heat waves in the U.S., Canada, Europe, and because of El Nino. During El Nino conditions, sea surface temperatures rise above average in the Pacific Ocean. So while this data isn't very old, it is interesting that we had two of the hottest days in recorded history on planet Earth. Yeah. Kind of scary. Yeah. I mean, again, (laughs) I, you know, I, I have my theories. I I won't get all political on you and all this, that, and the other, but, um, but that's just, that's information that you can use. And I'm sure the extremists will run with it, right? Whatever, whatever side of the aisle or debate that you are on, yeah. I promise you, somebody's running wild with uh, this um, information. Yeah. So, um, h- how about this story? So, up in New York City, shoplifting has gotten so bad that they are now putting anti-theft devices on pints of ice cream. This is the world that we live in now. Okay. So up in up in New York City, up in the Big Apple, okay, um, the Fairway Supermarket on the Upper West Side is selling six dollar cartons of Haagen Dazs. First off, how much a six dollar pint for, of yeah. ice cream? Yeah, ice cream. That's how much ice cream costs yeah. now. It's ridiculous. Yeah, they're they're selling six dollar carton. I mean, again, these things are going to be like cigarettes. Yeah, that's why. I mean, yeah. again. When nobody can buy ice cream, that's why everybody's trying to steal them. Yeah. <laughs> the Fairway Supermarket on the Upper West Side is selling $6 cartons of haagen with bolted plastic tops, which can only be removed with a device at the register as other shops have padlocked freezers over the tree of, of the treats. Um, the sign at Fairway gives shoppers the scoop on why there's now a barrier on the popular summertime suites. Quote, to help maintain the lowest cost possible, a protective lock has been placed on some units of ice cream. Now, isn't that an oxy? By the way, too, they say, this lock will be removed at checkout by a store associate. We apologize for any inconvenience. Now, isn't that an oxymoron? The reason that the, reason the ice cream is $6 so what? So let me ask you this: If yeah. all of the theft cuts down, okay, 
Are they going to cut ice cream prices in half? No, of course okay, not. Okay, of course not. Of course right. Not. So the reason that the reason that everybody is stealing the Haagen Dazs is because it costs six dollars. Yep. But now they're going to use this now, and say, "Hey, this is why we got to we got to keep raising these prices because right. you guys are stealing now, too much." Look, I, I, is this an Alanis Morissette song? Is this ironic <laughs> that the reason that people are paying so much for ice cream is because the prices are so high? Or, or the reason people are stealing things is because prices are too high. Like, ha- I'm looking at pictures of padlocks on I- on Hagen- on caramel cone ice cream from Haagen-Dazs. There are flavor. plastic containers on the top of these things. That literally, like, the, you know, like yeah. how, oh, how yeah. you buy cigarettes. Yeah, I, right? I know exactly what you're talking about. I used to work at a CVS. I know all about retail. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> um, people used to come with garbage bags and fill up the garbage bags with ice cream. Clear out our freezers. Yeah, because everything costs six dollars. Yeah. If I'm the black market, listen. <laughs> if I'm the black market, I can get Haagen Dazs for a buck or two. I'm gonna get Haagen Dazs for a buck or two. Right. Because right. it costs six dollars for a pint. Of ice cream. Sick times we're living in, John. Sick times. It's absurd. I, this this whole this whole country is just upside down and not going anywhere. Anyway, I just yeah. Lord have mercy. All right. Uh, happy birthday today to little Kim. Little Kim. Um. So it got me thinking uh, tonight. Tonight's top ten list. Your top ten favorite female. Rappers of all time, and I'm curious to see who Dom DeLuise has on his list. If it's a dopey millennial kind of list, Dom, the floor is yours. No, actually, I think uh, to start off at like the bottom of my list will probably be a bunch of names you uh-huh. don't recognize. But as we get closer to the top, I think you'll be quite uh, quite relieved and impressed. Okay, and, and I'll be the judge say of proud. All righty. So at number ten, uh, like I said, a couple of individuals you probably don't know too much. Uh, one of my favorite female artists. Uh, her name is Armani Caesar. She's a current artist. I like her a lot. I like uh, her salads. <laughs> Caesar salad. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. And I, and I like her suits. Yeah. <laughs> Armani. Look at you. You're on a roll tonight, huh? <laughs> That's what I do. You're pretty good at this, John. Uh, next up, I have one Doja Cat. I do like Doja. Well, so I've got Doja Cat. I'm, I love Doja Cat. There we like go. I'm, I'm a I'm a huge fan of yes. Doja Cat. Yes. Now, this attention song, eh, it's all right. But let me tell you, that Kiss Me More song, that's one of the best songs I've heard in the last five or ten years. Yeah. That, she's, that song is tremendous. She's fantastic. Yes. I like Doja a lot. She's very talented. And partnering up with SZA, I mean, that, all that's that. yes. good stuff. Uh, at number eight, I have MC Light. Yeah. Now, I, I will, because I'm old school, you know, cha 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 and everything. Like yeah. I have MC Light pretty high yeah. on my list because she, again, you know, for me, I mean, she's historically one of the breakthrough female yes, rappers absolutely. of all time. I absolutely. Mean, so she's one of the more influential people of all time. Yes. Um, at number seven, I have another current artist who goes by the name of Rhapsody. I think she's extremely mm-hmm. underrated. I've heard of her. She's mm-hmm. phenomenal. Um, at number six, I have Queen Latifah. So Queen Latifah. So. <laughs> You, you, do you know that I have a uh, – I've talked about this before. I have a very strange fascination with Queen Latifah. Okay. Like, I think she's a very attractive woman. Very, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I really dig Queen Latifah. 
Um, now, I think she plays for the other team, but, um, <laughs> but I, I really dig Queen Latifah. Yes. And again, you know, some of her early music is, is outstanding. I Amazing. mean, it's, it's yes. really good stuff. Yes. So she's on my list as well. And then my top five, I have Megan Thee Stallion. Yeah, I, I'm not as big of a fan of Megan Thee Stallion. But I, I mean, love Megan. I, 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 I get her. it. Yeah, I get it. Um, at four, I have Happy Birthday to her, Lil' Kim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at I got Lil' Kim. I mean, she. I love Lil' Kim. Yeah. I, I love her attitude and everything her look about, yes. and her clothes. And mm-hmm. I just, I, I like everything about Lil' Kim. Yes. At number three, I have Missy Elliott. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she might be number one all time on, yeah. the, on the list. I mean, I, she's... I ha- She's one of the more influential female. I mean, yeah, she's honestly one of everyone. the more influential female artists of all time. Yes, I have no. If you have her number one all time, I will not argue that. Yeah, I have it. I'm no problem with that. Um, at number two, I have Lauren Hill. So I'm not, I'm not a big fan of hers, and it's probably really well, it's probably because of just how she's acted mm-hmm. personally in the past. Yeah, right. Like you can't talk to her, and this then. Mm-hmm. Doesn't show up for her shows. Yeah, I, I mean, again, <laughs> yeah. try. Let me let me put it like this, okay? Try pulling that stuff on me one time and yeah. see how far that goes. Yeah, and I don't care how big your bodyguard is. I I, yeah. I, have, I have my pistol. Uh, again, I don't care how big your bodyguard is. Yeah. Try pulling that crap on me one time. Yeah, leave me waiting for you for four hours yeah. and then come out and say, yeah, yeah. I don't feel like it. Or or yeah. just you know, again, it, it there's stories that she's been rude to like people like mm-hmm. they they can't. They think like acknowledge yeah. her or this, that, and the other. Yeah. So, and then number one, I have to me the greatest female rapper of all time, and that is Nicki Minaj. You know, again, I, I like Nicki Minaj. I like Cardi B. I, I yes. you know, I I enjoy mm-hmm. some of their stuff. I just, you know, I again, I'm an old soul. Yeah. I'm, I'm an yeah. old school guy, mm-hmm. and. I, I like them. I, they neither one of them made my list. I, so here's what I got: I got Lil Kim, mm-hmm. I got MC Light, yep. I've got Queen Latifah, mm-hmm. I've got Missy Elliott, yep. I've got Doja Cat. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like this girl Eve. Uh, yes, I really like Eve. Eve. I, I think Eve is very good. Um, I, I go old school again. I like the girls from Salt and Pepper. I mean, I I, I, I like those two girls. Yes. I mean, they they again, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Debrat. Um, yes. Going old school again, she you know as well. List, yes, um, I put Lisa Left Eye Lopez on Not on my list as well, and and I am absolutely I'm as big a TLC fan yes. as as there could be. Um, I think that No Scrub song is one of the masterpieces yes. um, ever done. I think it's a brilliant song, um, and then also on my list, and again, probably more for her look than anything, but Foxy Brown. Foxy? Yeah. I, I like Foxy Brown's look. She like did I, have a I look, yes. I like yes, her look <laughs> probably more than her music. I mean, but um but I like Cardi B and Nicki Minaj's look, you know, as well. But yeah. I, you know, they I don't know. I just I, I look at them like like even right. a, a, even like a SZA. I mean mm-hmm. they I I feel like that they are kind of more like pop artists and stuff like that. Yeah. Which, which again, I'm I'm again I like their music and, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. I just you know, when I think of female rappers, I think of some of the old school people, right. like the MC Lights and Queen Latifahs and, yeah. and people like that. Like, you know, again, Missy Elliott. I mean, people just that that were maybe a little bit more hardcore. I don't know if mm-hmm. that's the right word no, or not. I, no, no, know. absolutely. I, I, think that's, I think that's a fair comparison and, and a fair cr- critique. What I will say about Nikki, at least why I, I hold her in high regard, um, granted, and obviously this was kind of more my era, but yeah. 
Nicki Minaj, in my opinion, held down female rap like by herself mm-hmm. for a strong decade. Okay. Like during her run, like now, like now you're starting to see the Cardi B's, the Megs, like Doja's, all of them sure. are popping up now because of how much Nicki held her own weight in this industry. Right. Right. Basically by herself as a woman. Right. Uh, getting on tracks with huge artists and people walking away and being like, all right, who is this Nicki girl? Because she had the best verse. Right. So that's why I, I hold Nicki in a very yeah, And, and I, I'm not even mad at that. I mean, I again, I, I, recognize, I recognize her talent. I mean, again, I think she's, I think she's a, 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 you know, again, I enjoy her music. I think she's a really good artist. You know, I just, you know, when, when, I, when, when I do things, it's kind of is an old school kind of old head uh, on some things. So anyway, hit us up with your list, 404-726-0929. When we come back, Felipe Cardenas joined us earlier in the show talking some Atlanta United, Chuck Green, Nikia Studios, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, the Odyssey.com app. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. The John Chuckery Show. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We talked to our buddy Felipe Cardenas. Of course, he is the soccer writer for The Athletic. Theathletic.com is where you can check out all of his work. And you can follow him on his personal Twitter page, at Felipe Carr. Felipe, as always, buddy, appreciate it. Thanks for a few minutes on the show this evening. How's it going, John? Uh, I am good, and Atlanta United is good after a, a couple of victories. And, you know, I, I was on vacation all last week, so um, didn't get to see as much. But, you know, one of the things I was looking at, some of the stats is, you know, I, I guess, Felipe, if you can't shoot the ball against Atlanta United, um, you can't get shots off against them, uh, you stand a pretty good chance to win because I believe that they – only gave up a few shots over these last couple of games. Am I right about that? Yeah, I mean, that, that's the story of, of Atlanta United over the last two games. That Defensively, they've been a lot better. But remember, they, they had to. This was, this was a solve that, that Gonsalfi, the head coach, had to make. They have been leaking goals, 35 goals, if I'm not mistaken, conceded in 21 games. It's, it's among the highest in the league, uh, just a plus-four goal differential. Which in the end, I mean, just this doesn't bode well. It doesn't, you know, this is a team that uh, the spine of the team has been it hasn't been great. That's what wins you championships in, in every league. And so, the, the positive is that over two games, uh, everything that they've been working on in training, there's been a, a bit of a switch in the formation of playing with three center backs uh, and just being a little bit more sound defensively. All that has come to fruition uh, with 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 two consecutive shutouts. So. Uh, it, it is positive, but I think it's it's still much of, of a work in progress, especially defensively. So, work to do. 
Do you think they've played better over these last couple of weeks than they did at the very beginning of the season? Or do you still think the beginning of the season they got off to a really hot start and that that was their best soccer that they played? No, I think the the beginning of the season was – it's just so hard at the start of the MLS to know who's going to be great and, and, and who is just sort of on that, 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 that beginner's hot form. And I think that's what Atlanta was. Uh, you know, the, 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 the soccer wasn't great to, to, to begin with. The goals were pretty spectacular from Thiago Mata. And, and I think in the, in the end they did take care of business with those, I think, four or five games at home. Uh, but – you know, I think that it's gotten better over the last two games because tactically, uh, I mentioned the three defenders in the back and, and just playing with more of a, a more solidified system. I think you know you can see the players understanding a little bit more, like what to do uh, both defensively and in the attack, progressing the ball forward. Uh, there, there seems to be a bit more intention in, in the way that they've played, and, and that's credit to the staff. Uh, you know they, they they don't have their center forward. They don't have Yakamakis, and 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 the, you know the big Greek center forward has, has been is supposed to be the, that missing puzzle piece. Like if if you know you've got a guy up there that can finish goals for you, uh, and but you have players that are technical and 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 and, and know how to get the ball into the box, uh, like Brooks Lennon, for instance, really having a really strong year on that right wing. Uh, well, you know you're you're going to win games, but they haven't been able to keep Yakamakis healthy, so. That's another huge question mark moving forward. Felipe, talk about and walk me through some of the changes in this roster. I mean, I, I thought Andrew Gutman was having a really good season for them. And, I mean, was this a reaction to, okay, we've got to shake up this roster, or were they just too good of a deal to pass up? I mean, walk me through and help me with Franco Ibarra, with Andrew Gutman. I mean, you know, it seems like that these guys have been consistently in the lineup. And Gutman, I thought, played really well this year. Um, I was at the game a couple of weeks ago where he scored. Um, you know, what what has led into all of this change in in this roster over the last couple few weeks? Yeah, I mean, first of all, we're in the summer window, and and Garth Lagerwey, the, the the CEO and president, has always said that they they were going to make moves to try to improve the team, and and, and this is a team that you know currently sitting in seventh place in the Eastern Conference is they've got to get better. You know, I, I really think that it's still a team that it, yes has talent in in some parts of the field, but they're still young. They still they still have players that are growing into the league. Uh, Thiago Almada, obviously, just uh, an excellent talent, but still a young player, not someone that you can just hoist everything on top of his shoulders and, and expect him to lead the team. And I mentioned the spine. You know, it's it's been a revolving door in central midfield. Like, who's going to own that spot? So they signed a player, a more experienced player, in, in Tristan Muyumba from the, the second division of, of, the, of France, the, uh, a team in the second division in France. And, and he's a defensive midfielder, can play a little bit more attacking as well but he's supposed to he's i think for me is a signing to just add some bite stability and experience in the middle of the field uh andrew gutman you mentioned you know I, I think for me this is probably an example of uh they he had some value in the league uh and and the team atlanta united took it they took it the value they they're they gonna get they get some some cash that they can use uh, to sign perhaps a, uh, an upgrade in that position or, or, or just add it to the cap and, and sign a more uh, explosive attacking player. And I think Andrew Gutman was just a player that they felt they could get some really good value from. And, you know, Franco Ibarra, if, if you haven't read my interview with Franco Ibarra, I, I, I spoke with him 
exclusively uh, you know, for the athletic after he was loaned to Toronto FC. And the reason that he was loaned was because, you know, he's an under 22 player. That's a new initiative in the league. Each team can sign three under 22 players and essentially pay what you want for them. It's almost like three new DPs. Uh, the problem with Atlanta United is that they, they signed four players, four under 22 players. So one had to go and Carlos Bocanegra and the front office decided that because again, similar to Andrew Grubman, uh, Frank Ibarra had value within the league. He was the one that they could move. Essentially the other two players, uh, Edwin Mosquera and Eric Lopez, uh, they were unable to move. They're, they're, they're just not the caliber of player that other teams are really wanting. So I, I think that was an unfortunate incident because I think the human side of trades, and I know, you know, John, you know how it is in American sports. Players get traded on a whim, and and, and they sometimes they find out on SportsCenter. Sometimes mm-hmm. they find out on Twitter. In, in, in soccer, it's much different. And I think MLS is, is sort of in, in, in this gray area where players sometimes, international players, get caught off guard with, you can have a contract and he can just be sent to another country, which is what happened with Frank Orbar. And he was really upset with the way it was handled and the fact that he was told on a Wednesday and told that he was a, T- a TFC player the next day. So, uh, again, I think certainly Atlanta United probably feeling they can even upgrade there as well, though. Felipe Cardenas, soccer writer for The Athletic, joining us here on the waitfor.com hotline. So the window will close August 2nd. Do you anticipate more moves? Do you anticipate anything else happening between now and then? I mean, they still have obviously plenty of time. So what could be next for Atlanta United? Well, again, like I, I, I've said this probably on your show several times. I've, I've, I continue to say it like, yes, they have Tiago Mata. Yes, they have a player like Caleb Wiley that can run up and down that left wing and tirelessly, right? But I still think they're missing that player uh, that is a real, real difference maker in the attack. So one that's just really difficult to handle. If you're a fullback, you don't want to face him. Uh, if you're if you're his coach, you can really rely on him for assists, goals. You can play him in different positions in, in that in that front three. And that's not a player that Atlanta United has. And and, and I, I really do think that that dynamic winger, which is really key for a lot of MLS teams, a lot of teams right now that are playing well have that type of player. Now, that would be uh, an interesting move for Atlanta United in this summer window. Can they sign a, a real difference maker uh, in the attack uh, and really really help with Gonzalo Pineda when he looks down the bench? Uh, or, or can he just add a little bit more fuel to the attack? Because sometimes it does sputter still. So I think that's one move. And, and then we have to wait and see like what happens defensively. Are they going to look to, to upgrade the back line? I, I don't really think that's something they'll do in the summer window, I think that could be a winter move because Miles Robinson's contract will be up. And what my colleagues at The Athletic have reported is that you know, they believe Miles Robinson may want to test free agency. And so that's going to change the team a lot uh, if he decides to move on. But uh, what happens in the attack with Yakamaki's day-to-day and, and really struggling to stay healthy, you know, that's something that I think in the end could, could set this team back uh, come playoff time. You know, and I don't disagree with you, but my question would be, you know, how easy it is to find those guys. I mean, you know, again, everybody wants a guy who can score 30 points a night in the NBA. There aren't a whole lot of those guys running around, right? I mean, there there aren't, right. you know, there aren't those dynamic players that, that can be difference makers. I mean, look, I, and I don't know if you want to call it luck or whatever like that, but 
you know, Joseph Martinez, besides being a dynamic player, it was always, okay, in case of emergency, break glass, Joseph will come in and he'll score a goal and we'll be fine. How many of those guys are running around MLS or how many of those guys are are even available to add to a roster like Atlanta United? Yeah, it's hard. I think those those there's just a handful of players and they're among the top players in the league. You know, you look at uh you know, Buanga at, at LAFC, he's he's sort of that type of player that you can play him on the wing and play him as a as a center forward. Really difficult to handle, very tricky, uh tons of stamina, endurance, and he can score. And he's a top player, he's an experienced player. Uh players like Carlos Vela, you know, he's an he's more you know, much more experienced veteran player, but those are guys that once you get them, you've got to keep them. You know, you've got to sign them the long-term contracts and build around them. I think that's been a big problem for Atlanta United, building around players. They 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 just ship players out uh, too often, and and that's been that's led to a lot of the inconsistencies and the instability. I think of the roster. That's something that Garth Lagerwey, you know, told me he wants to fix. You know, you've got to keep players around. You've got to keep coaches around in order to build towards that continuity. And then. To, to answer your question about just are, are there 30 goal players out there, they're, they're, it's hard. That's why it's you know, the center forward in, in, in world soccer, that, that's the, always the big, big money signing because they are so rare uh, to get prolific goal scores. And, and to get them to MLS is even harder. Uh, you know, they're, you're, you're, you're facing and challenging against some of the top teams in the world. That's why MLS has chosen to go younger. Uh, and then the gamble there is, well, he might be a really good player, but he's an inexperienced player. And so I think they found their guy, Nyakamaki. So I really do. He's very different from Joseph Martinez. I, I don't know if he'll ever come close to Joseph's numbers. Uh, I really think in the end we're going to look back and think Joseph Martinez really was one of a kind in, in MLS. But Nyakamaki says, you know, he can be great in this league, I think. He just has to stay healthy, and the team has to be stronger around him they have to be able to win games like you mentioned uh tight games close games maybe games that are a little bit ugly and then and 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 know that they have goal scores really to finish off opponents right now you're still not really sure like what atlanta united is going to do against top competition in mls but certainly uh trending up as as we speak last question for you felipe so this should be a pretty good litmus test tomorrow night right i mean atlanta united's got a couple of wins against couple of decent teams. I mean, obviously, Philadelphia pretty good. You know, Montreal, they are what they are. But you're going up to New England. Um, you know, again, road games in MLS are always a challenge. Obviously, New England is one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. So this feels like it's a pretty good litmus test about where Atlanta United is, is they are a little bit hot. They're playing better defensively. Like, this feels like an important match. Maybe, maybe in the grand scheme of things, it's not so important. But it does kind of feel like, okay, there's a lot of momentum behind Atlanta United. Why not try to find a way to go up there and at least get a point, but maybe even three? Yeah, I think the look at – I mean, honestly, again, I think you're going to hear the players say we're, we're going for three points and, and that's our goal no matter where mm-hmm. we play. But a, a draw in New England is going to be just a great point for Atlanta United. This is, to your, to your point, New England's a good team. They've got a really great coach, a historically great coach in Bruce Arena. Uh, Carlos Hill, a, a former MVP, you know, one of those dynamic number tens that has punished Atlanta often. You know, this is a team that Atlanta has struggled against New England, and you're, you're playing at Foxborough, as you know, like it's just one of those strange sort of football stadiums, mm-hmm. NFL stadiums. The turf isn't great. 
Uh, New England, very comfortable there, though. And then it can be just like just a difficult place to show up and, and play a soccer game and, and win. And so it's going to be a huge test. I agree with you. I think it's a huge test to see if not not to call those games flukes, the games against the wins against Philadelphia and Montreal. I, think, I thought Philadelphia were, were, were flat out awful. And they're, that's a good team. But credit to Atlanta United, Montreal, I agree. I think they, they had their chances. But uh, if they can get three wins in a row or at least a point out of this and have three straight games where they don't lose, that's a, that's a nice streak for Atlanta United. It's a nice streak. They've got to get into this that fourth spot. You know, it's winter. I'm sorry, it's summer, and we're about to get into the League's Cup, and the, the league is going to – MLS is going to stop playing for a month. Uh, but, but that's the goal for Atlanta United. They have to host a playoff game. I think they'll be very, really dangerous if they can do that. Uh, and do, these are the kind of games you've got to win or at least play well and get something out of them. Felipe Cardenas, he covers soccer for The Athletic. Theathletic.com is where you can check out all of his work. Join me here on the waitfor.com hotline. Follow him on his personal Twitter page, at Felipe Carr. Felipe, as always, buddy, appreciate it, man. Thanks, my friend. And uh, listen, we will certainly chat again here with you soon. Of course. And, and again, surprise, no questions about Messi. No <laughs> questions about Leo Messi. But, yeah, he, he's, he has arrived, John. He has arrived. Yes, I, I saw the billboards and, and everything. So uh, they didn't do that to me when I arrived in Atlanta. But <laughs> I guess I'm just a little bit less famous. So, anyway, thank I you, Felipe. You. I hear you. <laughs> T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.